Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than six years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you're doing and for providing quality math lessons for my children. So friends, if you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Do you want a more intimate walk with God? Are you tired of trying to hear God and hearing only silence? Each week, your host, Felice Skirwitz, is prepared to inspire you and equip you on your journey towards deepening your relationship with God. Listen, hear, and follow the Lord's will in your life, and you will be blessed. Hey friends and welcome. This is episode 262 and today our topic is Solomon's downfall. You can find today's show notes at a few minutes with godpodcast.com and I invite you to check out our sponsor which is CTC Math. You can find out more information at ctcmath.com. In the Bible there are definite lessons that we can learn but one for the ages is the downfall of King Solomon. What can we learn and how can we apply this to our daily lives? When we first read about Solomon, we learn about his wisdom and how he was blessed by the Lord and with his father, King David's blessing. In 1 Kings 2-4, through we read, When David's time to die drew near, He charged Solomon, his son, saying, I'm about to go away of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways, keeping his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn that the Lord may establish his word, which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons take heed to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail you a man on the throne of Israel. That was God's will, that Solomon should rule keeping God's statutes his commandments, and his ordinances. He had a dream where he spoke to the Lord in 1 Kings 5-9. through 9. At Gideon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and, the, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, Thou hast shown great and steadfast love to thy servant David my father, because he walked before thee in faithfulness, in righteousness, and 
uprightness of heart toward thee, and thou hast kept for him his great and steadfast love, and hast given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king in place of David my father, although I am but a little child, and I do not know how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, whom thou hast chosen, a great people, that cannot be numbered or counted for multitude. Give thy servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern thy people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this great people? And as we later read, this pleased the Lord because Solomon didn't ask for a long life. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for victory over his enemies. He wanted discernment, something we should all pray for, that we all desperately need. The Lord gave Solomon specific instructions on how to build his house and the worship that would happen there. It took many years for him to build not only a house of worship, but his own home as God instructed. In 1 Kings seven fifty-one states, Thus all the work that King Solomon did on the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought the things which David, his father, had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the vessels, and stored them in the treasures of the house of the Lord. So Solomon was blessed with wisdom that was renowned. People came from all over to hear his wisdom, and one of the most famous stories is about the two women with the baby. Both women had given birth, yet only one had a child who survived. The woman whose child died claimed the living child was hers. They went before the king, and he said that since they both claimed the child, that he had to, you know, use wisdom in what to do. So he ordered that the child be split in two so that each mother would get half. The true mother cried out to give the baby to the other woman, while the false mother said the baby should be killed. Solomon then ordered the baby to be given to the woman who cried out for the child's safety. We all know that story and the wisdom that was illustrated. It was truly a gift from God. Solomon would live a long life, and his household would be blessed, and it should have ended happily ever after. But as the humanness of man, and unfortunately, it creeps into so many of the biblical figures that we hold in high esteem, and we see that his biggest downfall, one of the biggest downfalls, was that Solomon took many wives, first of all, and then the forbidden wives from areas that God had said in previous scriptures to avoid. Maybe it started out well in the beginning and these women left their practices behind, but as tends to happen, the old habits do not change, and Solomon, wanting to please his wives, allowed them to worship their gods. Again, these were the gods that were forbidden to those descendants of David. And the Lord had warned them about these. These men gave in, so many of them, to the practices of their wives, and Solomon was no different. These women, which we read about in detail in 1 Kings 11, 1 1-4, were from the tribes that the Lord warned against. Sadly, Solomon too began to worship these false gods, as his wives did. The Lord warned him repeatedly to stop. But why didn't he? 
why would Solomon, who was wise and gifted by God with this amazing kingdom over which he was to reign, and he was given every blessing, why would he turn his back on God's commandments? Was it the lure of sin? Solomon's wives were a great temptation to him. We read the warning throughout the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. That is a scripture we should memorize and take to heart. It is difficult to stay strong when we are around those who do not hold to the same moral code, who do not believe in God, who do not hold to his teachings. The lure of sin for Solomon, in this case, was too many women, women from places he was forbidden to marry, false gods, too much temptation. Yes, Solomon was fair and righteous and wise for a period of time in his life, but this counts for nothing since we read that at some point he faltered the lure of temptation too great. Hebrews 4.11 states, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest that no one fall by the same sort of disobedience. Sin does not go unrewarded, for there is recourse to all who sin. 1 Kings 11.11 So the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this, and you have not kept my covenant, my statutes which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and give it to your servant. Have you ever wondered why God would allow the Bible's elite, the men and kings of old, to have multiple wives, some bordering on the ridiculous? I believe the key word here is that God allows, but this is not what he sanctioned. In other words, this was not God's will. He created man and woman for each other from the beginning in the Garden of Eden. We know this because in the book of Mark, Jesus is asked the question and he answers this clearly. Mark 10, 2-10 And the Pharisees came up and in order to test him asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and to put her away. But Jesus said to them, For your hardness of heart he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. So they are no longer two, but one. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. And in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. And he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Pray and ask the Lord what lesson he wants you to take from this. What does God want for our lives? The biggest sins are the ones we commit when we know we're doing wrong. Sometimes things happen in our lives through no recourse. We have no choice. I know of many people who are divorced and it is not by choice. The key is not to condemn here. The, the point I'm making is that we have to look at people like King Solomon who were so, so blessed, so anointed, and yet he turned his back on God. He had something like 700 wives and 300 concubines. I mean, that just borders on the ridiculous. And why? Why would he allow himself to have that vice? So 
we can learn from this and we can praise God that we can return to him. We can repent and sin no more. Why did Solomon, who was wisdom itself, not realize sin? That's a question that we can ask and one that we should look at for ourselves. The question is, why do we not recognize our own sin? But rejoice, tomorrow is a new day. We can live this life without guilt by keeping our eyes firmly set on him, the God of second, third, and often more chances. Our challenge this week is to recognize areas of weakness and strive through greater prayer and grace to sin no more. Praise God and amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast, A Few Minutes with God. Please visit Fleece on our website, a few minutes with God.com, and your podcast page on a few minutes with Godpodcast.com. There you will find the show notes for today's episode. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network.